let's jump in. Uh, we're continuing our Holy Spirit series this week. Last week, uh, Pastor Randall gave a really great um, overview of what is the Holy Spirit? Who is this third part of the Trinity? What does the Holy Spirit mean to us today? Um, and it was really great, and I'm excited to continue our series. And what we're going to be speaking about tonight is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The life of Jesus has the fingerprints of the Holy Spirit all over his ministry. Um, and kind of looking at that and then asking a question, okay, but what does that mean to us today? What does that matter? Um, how does that affect us here? So we're going to talk about all these things, but um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for it. Can I just pray really quick? Lord, would you help us? Would you open our minds, open our hearts, our ears to hear what you have to say to us? Um, we invite your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. We invite your Holy Spirit to come into our rooms, into our homes tonight, and, um, and meet with us, God. Pray your blessing on every single person gathered here on Zoom. We just love you and are grateful for this time together. Amen. Uh, well, let's jump in. As Pastor Randall talked about last week, uh, the Holy Spirit is a vital part of the Scriptures and the work of God throughout the Scriptures and God's work here uh, in present day. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit was also an ever-present member in the life of Jesus. And for us to understand how the Holy Spirit works and moves in our lives, uh, we need to look at the work of the Holy Spirit in Jesus's life. So I can think of no better place to start this story than, than at the beginning with the birth of Jesus. In Luke chapter 1, an angel visits Mary, the mother of Jesus, and starting in Luke 1 verse 30, it says, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. How will this be, Mary asked the angel. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So what we find here is that the initial act of Jesus' birth, the catalyst for his whole ministry on earth, started with the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of Mary. In this moment, the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and overshadowed her, engendering Jesus, the Son of God. One theologian writes that Jesus is in a profound relationship with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, Revealed as the Holy Spirit accomplished the conception of Jesus in Mary's womb in Luke chapter 1. So it should come as no surprise then that, that the work of the Holy Spirit would continue to be of high importance through the ministry of Jesus. So let's move forward to Luke chapter 3. We find ourselves at Jesus' baptism by John the Baptist. And we'll be reading from verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was praying, as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. 
as the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus at his baptism and God spoke, it served not only as a confirmation of Jesus' mission here on earth, but also as a bestowing of the mantle of leadership and the spiritual power that was available to Jesus. From this point forward in the scriptures, Jesus is described as full of the Holy Spirit. And he continued to walk full of the Spirit. As he and his disciples traveled, the Holy Spirit was at work in the preaching and the miracles that took place. In Luke chapter 4, as Jesus is tempted in the desert, verse 1 specifically tells us Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 14, after his testing in the desert, it says Jesus returns to Galilee, quote, in the power of the Spirit. So then let's move forward one more time in the life of Jesus. And we're going to find ourselves at Jesus' death. In this moment, perhaps the greatest moment of Jesus' ministry, when he is crucified, and when he is raised to life three days later, Paul declares in Romans chapter 8 that the power of the Spirit raised Christ from the dead. But what follows is what is so amazing. And why is it, it is so important for us to see and know the work of the Holy Spirit throughout the life and the ministry and the death of Jesus? Because after his death and after his resurrection and before he ascended into heaven, Jesus gives a gift of the Holy Spirit to us. In John 14, it says, I will ask the Father. Jesus is saying this. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. You know him for he lives with you and will be in you. But this advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. See, at the time when Jesus promised his followers the gift of the Holy Spirit, he had a unique knowledge of the importance and the power of the Holy Spirit. Up to this point, Jesus had experienced the work of the Holy Spirit in his own ministry. It is the same power that put his human form into Mary, the same power that settled upon him at his baptism, and it is the power that raised him from the dead. This power could now be ours. Further, Jesus affirms that, that everything that can be said about his nature and his power can be said of the Holy Spirit. So now, instead of God walking our earth in human form, 
as did Jesus, this new advocate, the Holy Spirit, would be ours. The Holy Spirit would live in us and would work through us. So what does that mean? Just as the Holy Spirit was an integral part in the birth, in the life, in the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit now becomes active in our own life. And for us, this starts with a new birth. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes that it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that one can even declare that Jesus is Lord. The new life that we have in Christ, when we accept Christ, and our eternal salvation is a gift of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So really, in our life, when we accept Christ, that is a culmination of the work of the Holy Spirit from when we were born to that moment of salvation. It is by the grace of the Holy Spirit and God's love and God's forgiveness and Jesus' sacrifice, who again was raised to life through the work of the Holy Spirit, that we can even receive our gift of salvation. Who we are in Christ, when we lay down that old life, our old self, all of the sin and the bad things that are inside of us are rebirth through the power of the Holy Spirit. So just as the Holy Spirit was present with Jesus' mother Mary when she became pregnant with Jesus, the Holy Spirit gives birth to our new lives in Christ. And this new life in Christ is nothing like our old life. Because when we choose to lay down the old, we pick up the new. In fact, and I love this, shout out to my dad for this fact. Some translations describe this new life as the Holy Spirit literally wearing us as a garment or as a coat. So what does that mean? What it means is that as we move through life, and in our salvation, when we invite the Holy Spirit to do what He will with our lives, He is free to move within us. And He uses our earthly selves to accomplish Christ's purposes. He puts us on like a garment. And if we allow Him, He moves and uses our being to accomplish what He will. So when you hear people speak about we as believers are people of the Spirit, that is what that means. I know it sounds spooky and weird when it says people of the Spirit, but what it means is that we are so in tune with the Holy Spirit in our lives that our lives are inseparable with the work of the Holy Spirit. And He uses us to accomplish His mission. In this life, we look to be so in tune with the message and the mission of the Holy Spirit that everything that we do is shaped by Him. And then ultimately, just as Jesus died 
And as Jesus was resurrected through the power of the Holy Spirit, the same happens to each of us. We are birthed a new life through the Holy Spirit. We make ourselves available to His work in our lives. And then our old self dies. And our new life is resurrected into the power of Christ. We have a new life where there was once death. So when we become people of the Spirit, and we invite the power of the Holy Spirit to move in our lives just as they did in the life of Jesus, everything that came before looks like death compared to this new life. So in case I haven't made it clear enough, the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus is a big deal. Because Jesus' life is a model for our life. Allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and to use and to move us. And when we invite him in, we ask that he would do the same in our lives. Because Jesus no longer needs to be physically present for spiritual signs and wonders. Instead, as we invite the Holy Spirit to wear us, we become the instrument of God's power on earth. I read a quote that says, Our very being confesses that Jesus is Lord as the Holy Spirit begins to transform us into the image of God. So if we understand this fully, we understand that it is a mistake to assume that through Jesus' ministry here on earth, he was working in his own power. Often, believers assume that the Old Testament is where God lives, the Gospels are where Jesus lives, and the rest of the New Testament is where the Holy Spirit steps in. But I believe that this is inaccurate, and it's a misunderstanding of the Trinity. Instead, we know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are not only throughout the whole scriptures, but all three continue to weave in our lives today. So I have a question. It could be an easy question and it could be a difficult question. But the question is this. What is your mission? What is the thing in your life that God has undeniably called you to? And what is it that he is specifically using you to accomplish? I've said it before in, in teaching here in our community, and there are certain jobs that only certain people are qualified to do. If I need my car fixed, I'm going to take it to a mechanic. If I need my brain fixed, I'm not taking it to a mechanic. I'm taking it to a brain surgeon because a brain surgeon is uniquely qualified to work on my brain, probably not my car. It's the same for us. God has called each of us for specific purposes that only you, uniquely you, can accomplish. So I ask again, what is your mission? 
What is it that God has set on your heart that is specific to you and your giftings and your life and your skills and your relationships and your circles of influence? I know over these last two weeks, my focus, as many of ours, has been moved towards the topic of race. Not only in the country as a whole, but in our city, in my personal circles, and in our church community. I'm sure and I'm certain that many of you are feeling the same things. And I'm sure that you probably feel as overwhelmed as I do. Because the more that I learn, and the more that I see, and the more that I listen, the more that I realize that I need help. In our crew, we had a conversation this week about, about what to do. And as our crew is white, unfortunately, we don't have a black voice in our crew right now. So what do we do? Well, I'm amplifying black voices in my life. I'm reading, I'm listening, I'm watching. I'm asking questions of myself. And yet, while I was writing this teaching over the last few days, it's become clear to me that this situation is ripe for the Holy Spirit to come and to go to work. Because if I invite the Holy Spirit into this situation, He's going to teach me and guide me and direct me. And if I invite the Holy Spirit to wear me as a garment for His purposes, He's going to help me. So as we respond tonight, and as Josue sings, I'm going to be asking the Holy Spirit to use me and to teach me and to fill me. Not only on the topic of race, but that's the one that's on my mind right now. So that's where my focus is. But I know that it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead that can give me what I need and can direct me on the right path and show me what to do and direct me towards people that can answer a lot of these questions and that can help me. So as I respond tonight, as we sing, and as I invite the Holy Spirit in, I ask that you do the same. What's your mission? What's on your heart? What isn't on your heart that the Holy Spirit has been trying to work in? Let's invite the Holy Spirit to work in our lives just as the Holy Spirit was present and working in the life of Jesus. Ask questions, seek his face, and invite him to do what he needs to do. And trust that the Holy Spirit is going to guide us and direct us where we need to go. 
So that's it. I say that as if it's a small thing. It's not, but it's important. And, and I think that if we go back to the life of Jesus, which is where it always should go back to, we'll see that there's a model there for us and to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. Thanks, everybody. I love you.